Section 75 of The Toilers of the Sea by Victor Hugo. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain, read by John Greenman. Book Third The Battle. Chapter One Extremes Meet. Nothing is so threatening as a late equinoctial storm. The sea presents a savage phenomenon which might be designated as the arrival of the winds from the open ocean. At all seasons, particularly at the epoch of the Syzygies, at the moment when it is least to be expected, the sea suddenly becomes strangely tranquil. The vast perpetual movement is allayed, something like lulling to sleep. It becomes languid. It seems as though it were going to take a rest. One might fancy that it was fatigued. Every rag of bunting, from the pennon of a fishing smack to the flag of a man-of-war, droops along the mast. The admirals, the royal, and the imperial standards all are asleep. All at once these streamers begin to wave gently. This is the moment, if there are clouds, to watch the formation of the cirrus. If the sun is setting, to examine the red glow of the evening. If it be night and there is a moon, to study halos. At that moment the captain or commander of the squadron, who is so lucky as to possess one of those storm indicators, whose inventor is unknown, observes this glass carefully and takes his precautions against the south wind if the mixture bears the aspect of dissolved sugar, and against the north wind if it exfoliates in crystallizations similar to thickets of fern or groves of fir-trees. At that moment the poor Irish or Breton fisherman, after having consulted some mysterious gnomon engraved by the Romans or by demons on one of those enigmatical upright stones which are called in Brittany Menir and in Ireland Cruach, hauls his boat upon the shore. Meanwhile the serenity of sky and sea continues. The morning rises radiant and the dawn smiles. This was what filled the ancient poets and soothsayers with religious awe, horrified that anyone could believe in the falsity of the sun. Solem quis dicere falsum audeat? The somber vision of the latent possible is interdicted to man by the fatal opacity of surrounding things. The most formidable and most perfidious of aspects, it is the mask of the deep. The saying which runs, a snake in the grass should be a tempest beneath a calm. Several hours, sometimes several days, pass thus. Pilots point their glasses here and there. The faces of old seamen wear an expression of severity which partakes of the secret vexation of expectancy. Suddenly a great confused murmur is heard. There is a sort of mysterious dialogue in progress in the air. Nothing is to be seen the expanse remains impassive. Still the noise swells, increases, rises, the dialogue becomes emphatic. There is someone behind the horizon. A terrible someone. The wind. The wind, that is to say, that populace of titans, which we call gales. The immense rabble of the gloom. India called them the Murots, Judea the Cherubim, Greece the Aquilones. These are the invincible wild birds of the infinite. 
these winds rush onward. End of chapter one. Extremes meet.